We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another Buzzbeat, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. This is Richie and I'm here to recap the 121-113 win over the OKC Thunder, pushing the Hornets to 10 wins on the season. As we get into this, we'd encourage you to check out our Substack Buzzbeat Plus, where you can get early access to episodes, ad-free pods, and exclusive content. So visit buzzbeat.substack.com to learn more about this. So let's get into this game from last night, and I want to touch upon some team stuff before getting into some player performances. I thought there was good energy and activity early in this game, and that's been a staple since LaMelo has returned. Uh, An interesting note that Eric Collins pointed out on the broadcast, but the Hornets shot a season high from the field in the first quarter, and their only misses were from behind the arc. And that's something, generally speaking, like the team shot the ball well up and down the lineup and were much better in the half court and at the rim than compared to their season averages. The team actually hit 28 of 30 attempts within four feet. So uh, that speaks to what Eric Collins was talking about how they did very well on two-point attempts and obviously did very well around the rim where they did have some size advantages, and we'll get into that here in a second. Uh, Another thing that Charlotte did that was a little bit out of the ordinary was that they did a good job of keeping the Thunder off the line. Charlotte is typically, I'd say, a bottom five, bottom ten team in the league when it comes to opponent free throw rate. And the Hornets were able to keep the Thunder to just 21 free throw attempts compared to the Hornets who had attempted 29. Now the free throw percentage was a different story where the Thunder hit 18 of those 21 while the Hornets left 10 misses on the board there from the free throw uh, line, only making 19 of those 29. So even though they got there a little bit more than the Thunder, they actually only had one more make. But uh, with the up-and-down nature of this game, 
the Hornets were still able to pull this one out. At halftime, though, uh, the Thunder did have a lead, which was interesting because felt like the Hornets were in control. But the second half, Hornets turned things around and outscored the Thunder by four in the third quarter and outscored the Thunder by seven in the fourth quarter to build up that lead. So let's go into the player performances. And if you watch the game, I'm sure you know who I'm going to lead off with. But if you didn't, the most promising player, the most exciting player, the most noteworthy player of the game was rookie Mark Williams. Now, Nick Richards was healthy, so I'll get to that towards the end. But Mark Williams played well, had a double-double. He obviously showed flashes with his length. And there's just a lot of things that you can point to in this game from Mark Williams that you can highlight praiseworthy stuff. There was this one play in the first quarter where Teo ran a pick and roll with Mark Williams. And give credit to the players for knowing Mark Williams' strength. And so Teo just threw this pass, and it wasn't a natural like pick and roll pass. Like It wasn't in the flow of the pick and roll where he was rolling and he caught it on the run. Teo was seemingly stuck on the left block, and he just lofts it up to Williams, who is kind of on the opposite side of the restricted area. And he catches it, he finishes it, and he gets the end one through, I believe, Isaiah Joe at that point in the game. So they got the mismatch where they wanted it, but Teo wasn't able to give it to Mark immediately on the pick and roll. But Mark obviously can can get off the floor pretty quickly, and Teo knows that with his wingspan and just kind of throws it up there. And it's not something that you would ever do with Plumley per se, but having Mark Williams and his size advantage in that play it looks like a play that was going nowhere, but obviously you have someone like Mark that can finish that. Then two possessions later, Gordon Hayward, again, knowing Mark Williams, just lofts it up there. And he could be flat-footed, and he could still out-jump his defender on these types of plays. He does a good job of using his length on the opposite end as well. He blocked Giddy uh, in a second-quarter attempt. And I think the most impressive part of that wasn't the block necessarily, but it was the fact that he was in a drop coverage, so that gives the ball handler, Giddy in this instance, a little bit of a runway, right? And even though he picked up some steam, he didn't fully allow Giddy to get that advantage, and he bodied him up, used his body as a way to slow him down, stayed with him all the way through the release, and blocked it into like the third row. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. He had two possessions also in that same quarter within a minute where he had offensive rebounds. Uh, one was a putback, one was just your, your normal offensive rebound where... He goes straight up, and he just allows his size to take over. And so one of the biggest things that you noted with him in the pre-draft process was just his wingspan, his size, his ability to catch lobs, his ability to affect shots around the rim. And, you know, he's going to polish the other things in his game. That will come with time. But one thing that you can't teach is just the length and the pure size that he has over some of these players. And and speaking of polishing plays and getting better as obviously he goes throughout his career, one of the more impressive plays that actually ended up in a bucket for Trey Mann uh, that you know you look at, it, it's a point for the Thunder, but he got switched out onto Trey Mann on the perimeter and he stayed with him and, and moved his feet. Mann obviously was just better and was able to nail the floater over his wingspan but I think that's why it's important for people when you evaluate players or you evaluate plays just to not look at the end result because Mark Williams got down in a stance. He was defending Trey Mann outside the three-point line, shifting his feet, moving as quickly as he possibly could. I don't think there was much of an advantage gained. And obviously Trey Mann had to take any slight window that he could to put up the shot which he did make, obviously, you know, credit to, to man for, for making this floater over the uh, huge wingspan. But the whole process of Mark Williams being switched out onto a guard and really not giving up that much of an advantage, yes, you can look at the end result that it was a bucket, but he stayed with him. Um, and I thought one of the more underrated parts of his game tonight was his passing. He had this one pass to PJ where it was in the first half, because he was getting so many buckets at the rim and the way that he was able to seal off some of the players on the Thunder and use his gravity toward the rim to draw in the opponents, he did that. And P.J. made a baseline cut, and he hits him for the assist. He even had a nice pass in the, I think it was the fourth quarter as well, where they made a pass to him at the high post. And there was another cutter that he, I can't remember who it was, but he made another bounce pass. I'm not sure if that ended up as an assist, but... That's another thing when you think about Mark Williams, just the little things that you can polish. He has a starting point there. And this was clearly 
his best game of the season. He finished with 17 points, 13 rebounds. The, the rebounds, what I love about his rebounding is he high points the ball really, really well on the defensive glass. He is strong with it. If he does bring it below his chin, obviously that is susceptible for players to strip it, but on the rebounding aspect in the game against the Thunder, he did very well in just being strong with it and not bobbling it. And like I said, he had two assists on the game, and he was perfect from the field at 7 for 7. So I think that you had to lead off with Mark Williams in terms of which player performed the best and which player stood out the most. And it's going to be an interesting conversation how his role uh, develops here throughout the course of the season with Nick Richards coming back from injury. He played zero minutes tonight, and I think going into it, Clifford had mentioned that Nick Richards was going to be below Mark Williams on the quote-unquote depth chart, and maybe he could have played, uh, but I think because of his injury status and working him back into the fold, and because Mark played so well, there really wasn't a reason to play Nick Richards tonight. So uh, I don't think it's necessarily any indication that like Mark Williams has completely taken over his job by any means. I just think it's the situation that was happening with Nick Richards coming back from injury. P.J. Washington, I'll move on to him. He had a quiet first half, but you saw that he picked up his play to start the third quarter. He had four points in like the first minute and a half of that second half. He had a transition catch-and-shoot three-pointer. A couple minutes later, he had a two-pointer. Then he had a driving assist to Hayward. He is certainly a skilled player that when you look at his overall impact in the game, it comes in waves. Certain quarters, it just feels like he's fairly absent. But I think I've even made a note of this on Twitter, but PJ is a slow starter. And I think that's okay now that LaMelo has come back into the picture and they can get offense in other ways. But when the injuries had piled up and he was relied upon a little bit more, it was a little bit more glaring to see um, him go through the ins and outs of the game. But the second half, he was awesome. He had a team-high 19 points in the second half. He did very well in the final quarter where, it's funny, he actually got injured. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say fully injured, but he definitely came up hobbly kind of midway through, and he rolled his ankle, and he went to the bench limping. But it was pretty ironic because, like, the first – possession after that moment he hits a three-pointer and he, he then scores seven points in those final four to five minutes after that three-pointer and he also had a nice block on Jalen Williams too to end the game so I thought PJ was awesome good job shooting the ball from from all over and it's it's just his up and down nature that just makes him frustrating to watch at times uh, but I think now that he has been put in a backseat role it's a little bit more acceptable. Lamella Ball, I thought, hit a variety of shots in this game, especially in the first quarter. I like when he is not just strictly a three-point shooter or strictly a floater type of guy, but a guy that can hit from you know different areas on the court, but also a different way. And he finished with 27 points tonight. But in that first quarter, he opens with an assist to Plumlee, but then he goes on and hits a, a three-pointer. Then he has a good pull-up mid-range shot that wasn't a floater. It was coming off of a jump stop. Then he has another pull-up three-pointer 
Then he has a running floater bank shot. So just the variety in which he can score. That's my favorite part of uh, LaMelo when he can get to that. Sometimes it feels like he's too heavily reliant on the three-point shot. So if he can get inside the three-point arc and try to pull off some shots, and obviously it's a make-or-miss league, so it, it, some of these shots, if they go in, they're they're viewed as good shots, and if they don't, they're viewed as bad shots. But I, I just want to see him go through stretches where he can add a little bit more variety. Also, one thing that I've noticed, too, with LaMelo uh, in games, his energy on offense typically always shows up, uh, but there are points in the game where you can see it showing up on the defensive end, too, you see him navigating screens a little bit quicker, more with a purpose and a desire, and he tries to stay in like striking distance of his opponent. But also, one thing I've noticed, watch, watch his hands or what he does with his hands when he's guarding a pick and roll. He places it low so the pocket pass is taken away. So even if he's on the hip of the, the ball handler and he can't, fully quite get in front of him and he's you know trying to get back into position he at least has his hand down low to prevent that pass to the big so it's something small I don't know if it always is noticeable or would always result in a deflection or a steal but it's something that I've noticed that he's been doing recently and he also hit a dagger with 50 seconds left on an interesting play by Lou Dort, Lou Dort, who went off from the three-point line, not a guy that you think of when you think of three-point shooting, but Dort, a defender, went to go double Terry at midcourt, and I think they were down at four at this point, and I get trying to get the ball out of Rozier's hand and trying to force a turnover, but the distance that he had to cover back to Lamella was just too great, and he left him wide open, right there for a right wing three. LaMelo drills it, puts the Hornets up 115-108. And to me, that was the dagger at that point. And obviously the Thunder were not able to get to 115, uh, only scoring 113. Gordon Hayward, another player that I thought had a, let's say a quiet but solid game with 10 points on 11 true shot attempts. He made most of his buckets from his usual mid-range areas on the court. They even ran a designed play to get Hayward a bucket to start the fourth quarter where LaMelo enters the pass to Mark Williams at the high post on the right side of the court. And then on the opposite end, there's you know stagger screens that are going on to get Gordon running towards the middle of the court. And he gets this pitch from Mark and he drills the mid-range shot. I, I just love his mid-range game and I, I feel like I talk about it too frequently on here but it's just a, a pleasant sight to see I thought his passing and his ball movement have been on point in recent games he had four assists at the rim against the Thunder and a total of 14 assist points on the night which I think was the third highest on the team and defensively he had a nice like deflection defending um, an inbounds play in the first half but Spencer made a note of this on a recent pod and I've been watching a little bit more closely after he made a mention of this. And he is doing a good job of closing out, rotating, and just being in the right spot. He is not a player that is obviously going to live off his athleticism 
and his length or anything like that. Like that type of physical attributes just aren't associated with Gordon. So he's got to use his angles. He's got to use his smarts to know when and where to switch, how to navigate screens, you know, just hustling back into play, closing out correctly and making sure that he's in the right places, knowing when to switch to and communicating that. I think he's done a good job of that. Also, too, he played the most offensive possessions out of anyone in this game and just 10 seconds or so shy of having the same amount of minutes as LaMelo, who was the leading minutes getter in this game. So, again, we talk about uh, load management for Gordon Hayward, but when he's healthy, we're just really not seeing that. And then I want to end with Mason Plumley. Now, I know that the talk of this game is going to be Mark Williams, rightfully so. And we talk about the center rotation and how it's hard to play three centers. And you can have two centers and then kind of sprinkle in some minutes for P.J. Washington. But having three centers plus P.J. Washington here and there is just not doable. Plumley to me, seems like the obvious trade candidate considering he's on an expiring contract and his future with this team is fairly up in the air. But I still thought, like, even though everyone is wanting this guy traded, I thought he had a good game. Like, he was very assertive overall in terms of going up, especially early on in the game. He was the beneficiary of some dump-off passes. He is just very aggressive in going up and not being bothered by the bigs on the Thunder, who don't have a ton of size uh, to begin with uh, compared to some other teams. And yes, there's some awkward moments with Plumlee where he's out on the perimeter trying to look for open cutters and sometimes when he's near the hoop, he has his back to the basket and teams know he's not really a threat. And sometimes when people leave him open for that left-handed jump shot. But overall, he's still playing well and he finished this game with 14 points and nine rebounds. So I'm not saying that he shouldn't be traded, but I also want to point out that he's still a guy that can be beneficial in certain stretches. Obviously, the role's got to be right. And then lastly, I guess I just, I didn't mention this, but Terry Rozier, his shooting was shaky again tonight. Three of 11, 10 points uh, with four of those points coming from the free throw line. He's also like second guessing himself from behind the arc which I guess is to be expected with how inconsistent he shot the ball. But that's one thing that I wish he would just maybe do a little bit better job of is taking the mental aspect and trying to get over that hump and just letting the ball fly. Because when he does start to second-guess himself, he either allows the opponent to get up on him and obviously it kills more time off the clock, or he second-guesses himself and he does eventually shoot it, uh, but it's not in rhythm. So... I don't know how much more time we give him for this year in terms of when you can truly evaluate how down of a year this is. I think some people might be overreacting a little bit, uh, but the concern is definitely there. I will say that part of the reason as to why he hasn't been able to create any momentum for himself early in the season was because he was playing out of position. Playing as a point guard, playing as a ball-dominant guy, you're not going to get a ton out of using him that way. But now that he is in a more of an off-ball position with 
LaMelo Ball returning. I think that's when you have to start asking yourself, okay, how much more time do we give Rozier from this point forward to where we start to hit, um, I don't know if the panic button is the right word, but just start to get a little bit concerned about where he is headed uh, this season. Now, obviously he's got a contract on him that extends for multiple seasons. So you are married to this guy as a backcourt partner with LaMelo Ball. He has had his bright spots over the years, and it could just be one of those ruts that he's in, and maybe he eventually gets out of it by mid-January. But at some point, we've got to stop using the excuse that he's been playing out of position and start realizing that maybe it's just... (laughs) Just not his year. So, uh, Tira Rozier, again, like I said, finished 3 of 11 from the field, 0 of 5 from behind the arc. So, confidence is definitely waning for Tira Rozier, and we really, really need him to start making some shots uh, for him to to feel a part uh, of the impact of this team. So, all right, guys, thanks again for joining us today. The Hornets have uh, an upcoming home game against the Nets on Saturday. And we appreciate the support so much. And if you want us to show more support for us, please give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to our shows. The next episode that's going to be released will be on Monday, and we will hand out New Year's resolutions for 2023 for some of the personnel in the Hornets organization. So take care, guys, and we will talk to you guys later. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.